Hey everyone, welcome to Rolling Hills Online. Wherever you are in the world, we're glad that you're joining us today. In addition to our online campus, we have two physical locations in Franklin and Nolensville. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love to meet you in person. If this is your first time joining us, we would like to invite you to check out our new here page at rollinghillscommunity.org. Here, you can find out more about who we are, what we believe, and what to expect when worshiping with us. If you've been with us before and want to find out how to get involved, please visit our Next Steps page. This is where you can learn more about baptism, partnership, missions, community groups, and more. If you're joining us live, we encourage you to jump into our chat. This is a great way to connect with our online community and further discuss today's message. In addition to the chat feature, you will find today's sermon notes and a link to the Bible so that you can follow along. Have something that you would like for us to pray with you about? Click the prayer request link at the bottom of the page. We would be honored to join you in prayer this week. If you feel called to partner with us financially, you can give online through the giving page of our website. Your support allows us to continue this opportunity to share the message of Christ around the world. So thank you. Again, welcome to Rolling Hills. We hope that you feel at home. day Jesus was teaching and there were so many people that were coming, this huge crowd, this huge crowd kept coming, kept coming, kept coming and Jesus was right by the Sea of Galilee and so he kept taking a step back, step back, step back until he was up against the shore and so many people kept coming that Jesus had a boat come over and he stepped into the boat and began to teach the people who were lined up on the shore and as all these crowds or people gathered around it to hear Jesus, Jesus looked at them and then he told a parable. Now, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and, and Jesus started to tell this story. He said, there was a farmer who went out to sow his seed. And this would be something that the people would have gotten back then, because this is the way farmers did it. They had a little pouch, and they had seed in it, and they would throw it, you know. And Jesus said, some of the seed, it, it fell on the road. And birds came, and they ate it up, and they snatched it away. He said, some of the seed, it fell, but it fell on rocky soil. And it started to grow, but it didn't have a place to have deep roots. And so it kind of withered off and died. He said some of the seed, though, it fell. And it fell into the soil, but it fell among thorns and weeds. And it started to grow up, but the weeds and the thorns, they choked it out. And it died. But he said some of the seed fell on good soil. And it took deep root. And it grew and it yielded a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. And after all the crowds had listened to Jesus and they all left and dispersed, his disciples came up to him. Now, notice there's a difference between crowds and disciples, right? And the disciples came up to Jesus and they said, Jesus, we don't get it. <laughs> you know, can, can you explain it to us? Tell us what this whole parable, this whole story means. And Jesus goes, okay, I'll tell you what it means. He, he said, listen, the seed is the gospel. It's the word of God. And I'm the sower, <laughs> God is sowing seed. And some of the seed that's being sown, it falls under the hearts of people whose hearts and lives are hard. And although they, you know, hear it, it the Satan comes and snatches it away. Some of the seed, it falls, and it falls onto people's hearts and lives, but it never takes root. And when persecution comes or trouble comes, they wither up and they die. Some of the seed falls on hearts and lives, and, and people are excited about it, but then as they start to grow... 
There's weeds and thorns. And Jesus said, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out. But, Jesus said, some of the seed that's being sown falls onto good soil. And it falls into people's hearts and lives. And they grow up and they yield a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. Well, welcome back to our series. We're in this great series called The Trail Guide. And it's really our discipleship process. It's talking about how do we grow in our faith? How do we mature in our walk with the Lord? See, salvation happens in an instant. As God draws us to himself. But sanctification, becoming like Christ, takes a lifetime. It's a journey. Now, I'm thankful to have my friend Derek over here. Derek is doing some sketch notes. So for all of you who are visual learners, Derek is fantastic. He's going to be writing some things down. You'll be able to see that throughout the service today. But as we talk about discipleship, we talk about growing in our faith and beginning this journey with the Lord, it all comes back to your relationship with Christ. And I was listening the other day, um, Tim Keller, I don't know if many people know Tim Keller, he's awesome, he's a pastor up in New York City. And, and Tim Keller is, is just this man, he's a great pastor, and he was asked by a reporter, he said, hey Tim, am I a Christian? And the, the reporter was asking Tim Keller this, and Tim Keller said, well, what do you mean by that? And you could kind of infer that the guy grew up going to church and, and, and you know, known a little bit about God. But the guy said, well, you know what? I really don't believe in the virgin birth and I don't believe in the resurrection. And Tim Keller in a really nice way said, well, no, you're not a Christian. You know, you're not a follower of Christ because it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with God. That's what discipleship is, growing in your relationship with him. Now here at Rolling Hills, here's how we define a disciple. A disciple is a growing follower of Jesus Christ. A growing follower of Jesus Christ. And we talk about that in this way. That a growing follower of Jesus Christ who is taking intentional steps toward Christ's likeness and investing in others to do the same. Right? That you are maturing in your faith. You are growing in your walk and you're pouring back into somebody else. You're helping somebody else mature in their faith. Jesus another time was teaching and there was a huge crowd and it was... The Sermon on the Mount, the longest sermon that we have by Jesus, Matthew chapter 5 through 7. And Jesus sat down to teach his disciples. But this whole crowd comes up to him. And Jesus looks at the crowd and he says this from Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Notice that. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. <laughs> Away from me, you evildoers. Now, as a pastor, that, that is a powerful passage of Scripture. My heartbeat is that for every one of us that we know Jesus, right? It's one thing to be in the crowd. It's another thing to be a disciple, it's one thing to know about Jesus. Everybody in the world knows about Jesus. It's another thing to know Jesus, to have a personal relationship with him, a growing follower of Jesus Christ. St. Irenaeus said this, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. And I believe with all my heart that that's God's desire for you, that you become fully alive in Christ, that you reach your full potential in Christ. And that is a growing follower 
of Jesus. Now, here at Rolling Hills, we have a way to help us all grow, and it's called the Trail Guide. And if you were here last week, you would have received one of these. If you don't have one yet, I encourage you to pick one up in the back or pick one up at Info Central. But we have four different markers along the trail. You know how when you go to college and they sit down with you and they go, okay, you got to take 101, you know, then 201, then 301, and 401, and this is your path to graduation, right? Well, here at Rolling Hills, we have a discipleship process to help you grow. And we're all at different places along the path. We're all at different places in the journey, right? But are we growing in our relationship with God? Are we maturing? Last week, we looked at Marker 1, and Pastor Nick did a great job. In fact, if you missed it, go back and listen to the podcast. But he did a great job talking about identify with Christ. And that is this first marker. And we identify with Christ in salvation. As God draws us to himself, sovereign God, inviting us into this relationship with him. And we recognize our sin, our total depravity. And yet God's redemption, the substitutionary atonement for us in Christ Jesus. But then we also identify with Christ in baptism. And baptism may be a step that God's calling you to take. Um, baptism is just an outward expression of this commitment that you've made in your heart. You're dying to your old life, going under the water, right, identifying with Christ. You're dead, but you're being raised to walk in a new life. And it's a beautiful picture, dying to your old life, being raised to walk in a new life. Some people may say, hey, well, I was baptized as an infant. That's fantastic. And we call that, you know, family dedication, because it really is a family dedicating your child. And next Sunday, we have 26 babies being dedicated to the Lord, so that, we have a lot of babies here at Rolling Hills, but it's awesome and exciting. Uh, all three of my girls were dedicated to the Lord here at Rolling Hills, and I love that. Jesus was dedicated, but Jesus was also baptized at the age of 30. So the Bible says, repent and be baptized. Baptism follows your salvation experience. So maybe God's calling you. That's your next step, to be baptized. Then also identify with Christ is being a partner of a church. Locking arms with other believers, sharing life with believers and saying, hey, I'm ready to join in. We talk about partnership instead of membership, right? You can be a member of a country club and it's all about you, right? And all the amenities and what you get, you know. But being a partner, as the Apostle Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, God's not finished with us yet. And so we move from identify with Christ, and our second marker that we're going to talk about today is this, grow in faith. Grow in faith. And for all of us, this call is to grow and to mature in our relationship with the Lord. So if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to 1 John. 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. It's kind of toward the back of your Bible 1 John was written by the Apostle John, uh, spent three years traveling with Jesus as a disciple, became a leader in the early church, and he's about 95 years old when he's writing 1 John, okay? 95 years old. And he's writing to these, all these churches. It was a circular letter. It was a letter that was passed around to multiple churches. And in this letter, he talks about spiritual growth. And come here in 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 12. He says, I write to you, dear children... Because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you dear children because you have known the father. I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. 
Now, I want you to see there's three different stages of spiritual growth. Three different stages. First, you have spiritual children. Spiritual children. Some of you are here today, and maybe you're a spiritual child. That's great. Right? That's fantastic. You've just started coming to church, or, you know, you've been away from, uh, you know, your faith for a while, and you're getting back in, and you're just saying, hey, I want to start growing. That's awesome. Look at spiritual children. What are their characteristics? He says in verse 12, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. You know, spiritual children, I mean, they don't know where every book in the Bible is. I mean, they're they're just learning things. But what they know is this. Hey, I was dead in my sins, and God made me alive in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ, and I am excited. I have a relationship with the Lord. I mean, it's awesome. So spiritual children are learning. They're growing. You need spiritual children. A church needs spiritual children. I mean, there's just that energy and that vitality. Also, spiritual children, it says... Hey, I write to you, dear children, because you've known the Father. You know, spiritual children may not know a whole lot else, but they know when they're in trouble, I'm calling out Dad. Dad, you know, help. Dad, come. They know that as a spiritual child, and you're growing in the Lord. The second stage is this. It says, I write to you, young men. I write to you, young men. So you move from being a spiritual child, and at some point you become a spiritual young man. A young man, a young man in the faith. Now, what are the characteristics of a young man? He says, I write to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. Does that mean that spiritual young men or young women, they don't sin? No. There's still times that you struggle with that, but it means that you're not still fighting those same sins, you know, that you did when you had your old carnal man. That at some point you're moving past those. At some point you're maturing. You're saying, I don't need that. I'm growing in my life. I'm growing in my walk with the Lord. And then there's a third stage, right? He says, I write to you fathers. I write to you fathers. Now, what is an errand in being a father? Children, right? At some point, you're a spiritual father because you have poured in to somebody else. And maybe it's your own kids that you've seen them come to know Christ. Maybe it's your nieces or nephews. Maybe it's your grandchildren. Maybe it's your teaching in Main Street or oh, you're teaching middle school students or you're leading a community group. But at some point, you are pouring in to somebody else. And the Apostle John says, hey, it's okay wherever you are, but the point is, are you growing? Are you maturing? And I would love for you to think about where am I today? Am I growing? Am I becoming Am I becoming all that God wants me to be? And as you look at this, you say, hey, I've got to take some intentional steps to grow. Now, physical growth, you know, it kind of happens, right? I came home from the hospital, a little baby. I didn't stay a little baby. I started to grow, you know. But spiritual growth takes energy. It takes time. But you could be a 42-year-old spiritual child because you're just getting back into church. You could be a 25-year-old spiritual father because you've been walking with the Lord for 15 years and you've been pouring into others. But wherever you are in that process, in that journey, are you growing? Here's what it says in 1 Peter. So Peter, if you turn right back over just a little bit, 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, walked with Jesus three years, leader in the early church, right? And Peter's writing and he says in 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, therefore, listen, rid yourselves of all malice, In all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. He says, church, don't just keep sinning. Don't keep doing those things. Therefore, rid yourselves of all those things. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. 
so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Isn't that awesome? He says, guys, you grow in your salvation like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Uh, we, have three, we have three daughters, and they're awesome. They're amazing. But I remember when they were babies, and I remember in the middle of the night, like at 3 a.m. in the morning, and Lisa and I are sound asleep in bed, and one of them is hungry, and they start to cry, and you're laying there going, Oh, Lord, let Lisa wake up, please. You know, Father, I, I'm going to pretend like I'm asleep. I'm going to be really still. And I hope, you know, I mean, you're like, okay, I got it. But then you would go, no, I got to get up. I got to get up. And I'd go in and you would feed your baby because your baby is hungry. And they're crying. And you can tell the difference between a hurt cry and a cry that they're hungry. But they craved that food, right? And I love how Peter writes and he says, Guys, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. Now, what is pure spiritual milk? The Word of God. The Word of God. And for you and I, that we grow to where we're craving. Oh, man, I want to learn more. I want to know more. I'm having a tough time. What does God's Word say about that? What should I do in this situation? What does God's Word say about that? I need to celebrate. What does God's Word say about that? And I'm coming back to where I'm growing in the Word. So that by it you may grow up in your salvation, you see? And for you and I, as we spend more time in the Word of God, we start to grow and mature. Now, as you look at this, you can see children, young men, spiritual fathers, and it really does come down to this feeding, right? Spiritual children have to be fed, right? A, a, a child needs to be fed. And it's so important that we are being fed, that people are pouring into us, that we're hearing the Word of God. But at some point, you move to a young man, and physically, as a young man or a young woman, you learn to feed yourself, right? You still need to be fed, you need to be provided for, but you're starting to go wait, I read this. This make, I get that. That makes sense. God's speaking to me. I, I love this. You're learning to feed yourself. And then spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers, right? What are you doing? You're feeding others. You're taking what you learn on Sunday and you're saying, hey, let me teach this to my kids. Hey, let me teach this to middle schoolers. Hey, let me teach this to high schoolers. Let me teach this, you know, to people at work. Let me start a Bible study there. Let me lead in my community group. Let me pour into others. Do you see how that works? That's spiritual growth. That's nurturing. Now, there are some things, there are some things that will stunt our growth. There are some things that will keep us from growing spiritually. Back in 1 John, in 1 John, it, it says this in, in chapter 2, verse 15. It says, hey, guys, you know, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then in verse 16, it gives us these three things. It says, for everything in the world... The cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So if you go back and you look there, these three things can stunt our spiritual growth. The cravings of sinful man. And you know what that is? I really think that's materialism. <laughs> Remember how Jesus was talking and the seed that was sown and, and yet it was sown among the thorns and the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out? Now God's blessed all of us, right? But sometimes our stuff can run our lives. 
And we just want more and more stuff. And we find ourselves concentrating on how do I make more and more money and more and more things. And it becomes all this thing of the world, the cravings of sinful man. But then it says the lust of his eyes. That can stunt your growth. You know, I go back to the Old Testament. This guy Solomon. Solomon, who was David's son, became the king over Israel. Solomon, who started off great, built the temple where people would come to worship. But what happened to Solomon? He took on all these wives and all these concubines and, and they led him away from the Lord. And by the end of his life, man, he wasn't even following God and the kingdom was split and torn in two. The lust of his eyes, man, that's a challenge in this world today. And then the boasting of what he has and does. What is that? Arrogance, right? When you and I begin to become arrogant and we think it's about us and we we stop being humble and serving and being kind. And those things stunt our growth. And yet God is saying, I want you to grow. Because the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. And my hope and my prayer is for all of us that we grow, that we mature, that we become. So how are you going to grow in 2017? How are you going to grow spiritually in 2017? Well, I want to encourage you. Hey, I want you to look here at our trail guide. And when you look at growing the faith, there's a couple of ways that we want to give you. Three ways, in fact. Number one is this, community. Guys, spiritual growth takes place in community. It's how you grow, right? We need each other. (laughs) Jesus took 12 disciples. He took 12 disciples. He lived in community. He shared life in community. studied the word in community. prayed in community. Spiritual growth takes place in community. And so we want to help you find a community group or find a small group Bible study or find a group of friends who are believers who can walk with you through life. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need each other. You need community. We need community. In the early church, in Acts chapter 2, the church is growing. It's exploding. And you know what the people did? It says they met together in the temple courts, right? They had corporate worship, but they broke bread together in their homes. (laughs) So they went and they shared a community group. They had a large group, worship. They had small group where they dove in deeper. You need that. And I'm so thankful for everybody who leads a community group here. It makes such a difference. So community groups, being a part of a small group Bible study, finding other believers, that's going to help you grow in 2017. Second way is this spiritual disciplines spiritual disciplines now i gotta tell you this is you know this is really gonna just help you grow in an amazing way and if you come down to spiritual disciplines and a lot of times you hear the word discipline you're like oh great this one's but there really are the fundamentals of the faith you know just like you have fundamentals in basketball i mean there's dribbling passing shooting and i I don't care how many great plays you run. If you can't do the fundamentals, you know it's not going to work out for you so the fundamentals of the christian faith are these spiritual disciplines And if you're taking notes today, I want you to write these down. If you're not taking notes, then grab a pen and take some notes because these are important for you to write down and to look at where am I and how am I growing in this year. Now, Richard Foster wrote a book called Celebration of Discipline, which is a great book, great book, by the way. But in it, he outlines 12 spiritual disciplines. And he breaks it down into inward disciplines, outward disciplines, and corporate disciplines, okay? So you've got inward disciplines, outward disciplines, and corporate disciplines. So if you're writing down inward disciplines, number one in inward disciplines is this, prayer. Prayer. Prayer is your lifeline to the Lord, okay? 
So for in 2017, for you to grow in your faith, you've got to learn how to grow in your prayer life. And some people struggle in prayer. I get that. And if that's a struggle for you, I want to encourage you. Start just finding some time to be alone with God. And you can start by just saying, hey, God, here I am. You know, here, I need you. And, and start to talk. Develop a dialogue. But prayer. Growing in that. And then add some minutes, right? Maybe you pray for five minutes. Then maybe ten minutes and 15 or 20. But you can grow in that. Second one is fasting. Now, we don't like to talk about fasting, okay? You know? But fasting is when you forego food or, you know, Netflix. Oh, I don't know about that. But, you know, or, uh, you know, social media. But you do it for a season. And every time you have a craving for that, you pray. So you turn your attention from whatever was kind of dominating your mind or your heart, and you move it to prayer. Prayer and fasting. Here's a third inward disciplines, meditation. It's starting to put the things in your mind that are going to come out in your life. I mean, what goes in here is ultimately going to come out in your life, right? T.W. Hunt says, develop the mind of Christ. Go to Colossians. Start to read there, Colossians 1. But what's coming into your mind? Meditate on the things that are of God. And then number four is this, study. Study. Study means that you learn how to read the Bible. And maybe you've never done that. Maybe you could start the book of Matthew and, and just say, hey, I want to start reading through God's Word. For us here at Rolling Hills, we have the Rolling Hills app. And on the app, there's a daily step. And every morning, there's a passage of Scripture that I read from the daily step. Today's daily step, Romans chapter 8. Awesome. One of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. And I'm reading through there, man, if God is for us, man, who could be against us? Oh, yeah, you know, let's go. Let's have church. So daily steps, something to get you going every day that you're studying and reading the Word. There's inward disciplines. Then there's outward disciplines. Outward disciplines are these four. Number one is this, simplicity. Simplicity. You know, it kind of goes back to what Jesus was saying. To not let the things of this world squelch you. Learn how to be simple. Learn how to, like, hey, I don't need all the stuff. I don't have to have the latest everything. I, I can let go of some of that. The second one is solitude. The Bible says, be still and know that he is God. It's hard to be still, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to be still. But there's something that happens in solitude. Number three is submission. Submission. Learning to submit ourselves under authority. Learning that God is in charge. Learning that submission. Number four in here is service. Service, is, that's an outward discipline. Learning to serve. Learning to give back. And I want to tell you, you will start to grow spiritually as you serve. And then the last kind of category is the corporate disciplines. And the corporate disciplines, number one of the corporate disciplines is confession. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. We don't like to do that, right? We only like to post the good things, right? We only like to put it on Instagram, how everything's perfect. But, but there is power in us confessing to one another, hey, this is hard. This is tough. I'm struggling with this. Will you pray for me? That's a corporate discipline that you will help you grow in your faith. A second one is worship. Worship is our response back to God for who he is and for what he's done in our lives. Worship is a discipline of being here, right? As Hebrews says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but all the more, all the more as we see the day approaching. The third one is guidance. Guidance. Guidance is something that we need each other. We need people to come along and say, hey, I'm trying to make this decision. I'm struggling in this area. I need some godly discernment. I need some wisdom. I need some guidance. And then the fourth one is celebration. 
celebrate. I love that our God is a God who likes to have parties. <laughs> you know, the kingdom of heaven is going to be a party one day. It's going to be this huge celebration. But, but for us to learn to celebrate, when we see God working in our lives, we see God working in our family's life, we see God working in the people around us, and celebrate that. That is a discipline. That is something that will help you grow. When you start to recognize, hey, God's at work here. God's working in my life. God's working in my marriage. God's working in my home. That you and I start to grow. So you have community will help you grow. You have spiritual disciplines. And then the third one is this, classes. Here we have Rolling Hills. We call it the Rolling Hills Trail Classes or discipleship classes. But for wherever you are in your spiritual walk, there's a class, right? I mean, you could go to starting point. If you're just kind of checking all this out, you're getting back into church, you're saying, hey, I want to learn more, come to starting point. We also have baptism information classes. If you have questions about baptism, what does that mean? There's baptism information classes for kids. Take your kids, go sit and learn. Then we have men's studies. There's a men's study on Tuesday night. There's a men's study on Wednesday night. There's women's studies. There's if tables. You know, there's mom to mom. There's all kinds of ways. There's Financial Peace University. If you're struggling your finances, you want to get control over those areas, come to Financial Peace. It's not too late to start. Jump in. And then ultimately, man, you might want to go to Israel with us. We go to Israel, take a two-week biblical study tour. It's incredible. But wherever you are spiritually, you know, a spiritual child or spiritual young man, spiritual father or mother, never stop growing. Always keep pursuing the Lord and developing that hunger for Him. After I graduated college, I went through a period of my life where uh, it was just a short time, but, but I became a kind of spiritually arrogant in some ways. And I don't know, you know how you're in college and you think you know more than your parents or anybody else, you know? And, 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 and I went through this time and I had people pouring into me when I was in high school. I had people pouring into me when I was in college. And I came out and I was like, okay, you know, I kind of got this thing down. And, and I'd stopped growing, honestly. And I remember one day I was at church and I was at a, this different church and I was there. And there was a pastor who was preaching and he was like, you know, 70-something years old, and I came in, and, and I kind of thought, okay, what am I going to learn today? I mean, how's that going to be relevant for my life, you know? I mean, he's older, what's he going to say? And so for the first little bit, you know, I wasn't really taking notes. I was, you know, writing out, hey, what football games are on today, or what are we going to do for lunch, or here's my to-do list for the week. I mean, I, honestly, I was, I was just not even dialed in. And here I was, you know, I've grown so much, and Middle school, high school, and college, and all these people poured into me, and, and now here I am, and, and I'm just like checked out. And in the middle of the sermon, and I don't know whether he said this or it was the Holy Spirit, but here's what I heard A godly man is one who is easily edified. And I remember just I was kind of looking, I wasn't even paying attention. I heard that, and I was like, Whoa. A godly man is one who is easily edified. And it pierced me to the heart. I remember exactly where I was sitting. This was 25 years ago. I remember exactly where I was sitting in that church. And it was the Holy Spirit saying to me, listen, I'm not done with you. <laughs> You've got a long way to go. You've got a lot of growing to do. And I know in my life, man, I just want to pursue the Lord. I, I've got so long to go, but I want to know Him. I want to know Christ. I want, to, I want to grow in my faith. I want to mature in my walk. I want to grow in truth, but I also want to grow in grace. And I, it's a journey, you guys, but never stop growing. 
Never stop growing because God wants to do great things in you. In January 1 was on a Sunday, 2017, and, and, and our daily step for that day, here's what we started the year off with. It was from Psalm chapter 1. In Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, this was our very first passage for the entire year here. It says, blessed is the man, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight, get this, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Right? And he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever he does prospers. Guys, that's my heartbeat for you. That whatever you do prospers. Why? Because you are planted by streams of living water. That you have deep roots in Christ. That Christ is nourishing you and filling you and renewing you. And you yield your fruit in season. And you yield a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. That you become fully alive in Christ. Last weekend, I was in uh, Austin, Texas. One of my really good friends uh, went home to be with Jesus, and we were there for the funeral. His name was Wade, Wade Gillum. And uh, during high school, and he had a great family. They were in church, and in college, we were part of this Bible study, and really active, and he was growing in his faith. And then after we graduated, he went off to Austin and started doing career and, and church just kind of faded a little bit. It wasn't really a priority for him. And he got married, wonderful girl, Deb, and have three kids. And he was in the technology business and got a startup company there and really had done well. And But I started to watch some things change in Wade's life over the last two and a half years. And we get together once a year with a bunch of my college buddies, which is something we've done for 20 years now, ever since then. And two and a half years ago, Wade was diagnosed with cancer. And I started to watch him invest in the things that really mattered. All of a sudden, all this stuff in the world, it just didn't seem to be the priority anymore. When we would get together and we would talk and we would pray, I would see him pour his heart out for his wife and for his kids. And I watched him get involved in church. And I watched him start to serve. And I, I watched him start to have spiritual conversations with people around him. And, and, and I watched his blogs change. And he started writing about Jesus and the hope that we have in Christ. And for two and a half years, I watched Wade just live fully alive even going through treatments, even at MD Anderson, even through chemo. It was just this joy that came out of him that I had never known even before. And as we were there at the funeral that Friday morning, we had, it was, it was tough, but it was also a celebration. And then that night, we all got together and these people in Austin that have been Wade's friends and he had a lot of friends that weren't believers there and all from the technology sector and all these, so there was about a hundred people and they had this dinner for Wade and some of my buddies were all there that night and 
people were standing up and talking and telling funny stories. Just a hilarious, great guy. And my friend Rick, he stood up and he said, guys, I want to tell you, I'm not a pastor. He said, I'm a business guy. That's what I do. I work for AT&T. He said, but I want to tell you about my friend Wade, and we had a lot of fun, but what really defined him was Jesus Christ. And what defined his life was his love for the Lord. And I watched that change in him. And Rick said, I want to tell you, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, I'd love to talk to you about Jesus. Because Jesus Christ has changed my life. It impacted my marriage, impacted my kids, and everything in me. I want to live for the Lord. And I know I'm going to see my, my friend Wade again. I know I'm going to see him again in heaven. And it's all about Jesus. And I watched Rick just kind of sow seed and just say, I want to tell you about Christ. Afterwards, there were four or five people who came up. We started talking about Christ and the hope that we have in Christ. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you have 47 years on this earth or if you have 85 or 95. But I want to say to you, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Invest your life in what matters. Invest your life in Christ. Invest your life in making a difference for His name and His glory. And grow in your faith. And put your time and your energy in the things that are going to last, the things that are eternal. Love the people around you well. Love your spouse. Love your kids. Love your nieces and your nephews and your grandchildren. Love the people at work. But you grow in your faith. And become all that God desires. Because one day we will all be in heaven. And listen, we will be fully alive. But God wants that for us now. Now. And it comes in Christ. And in Christ alone. Hey everyone, thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the service. And we want to encourage you to reflect on today's message throughout the week. Here at Rolling Hills, our goal is to raise up a community of disciples to be the hands and feet of Christ, and we hope that you will partner with us in doing so. How do you do that? Well, here are several ways. First, join us every Sunday, either online or at one of our physical locations. Join us as we worship our God and learn more about Him and His plan for us. Second, get connected. Check out our Next Steps page on the site to find out how you can engage with us further by serving or joining a community group. And lastly, we want to invite you to partner with us financially. You can do that online through the giving section of our site. All tithes and offerings go to support our ministries both locally and internationally, enabling us to impact lives and share God's word. Again, we are so glad you joined us today. Have a great week.